This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist. Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So graceful. Commentary. He shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now, Gutterball. That was the worst. That was the worst ever. We're off to a great start. How's your 2015 going? It's off to a great stop. I don't know, Brad. I don't know what to tell you. It is 20. See, I thought when it turned the year 2000, we were going to say like the year 20 double aught or something. Right. And then when it was the year 2001, I didn't think we'd actually say the year 2001. I thought we would say 2001. I was so cocksure of it. It never took off. But then, but it didn't. 2001 showed up and it's like, it's 2001. Some people would say 2001. Some people would say 2001. And that persisted for a decade. It's 2009. Right. 2009. That's so much easier. 2009. But now some people are starting to come around. It's 2015. It has finally. Yeah. uh, Nobody, you know, not not everybody. I'm not going to say nobody. Not everybody says it's 2015 because that kind of starts to sound weird. Some people are starting to say it's 2015. Never thought I'd see 2015. The year where, you know, Doc Brown and. Marty McFly have That's hoverboards. True. See, the the filmic language could have uh, impacted how we refer to these years. Because there's 2001, they, A Space Odyssey. A Space Odyssey. But no what about Back to, to the Future? calls 20, 2001. Nobody says 2001. My favorite Stanley Kubrick film is 2001. Yeah, and even 2010. Don't they say 2010, not 2010? Yeah. With Roy Scheider. I'm pretty sure that's 2010. Yeah, 2010. But people don't really say that that often. Because you've never seen it, of it course. Kind of, so no, let's I've not dwell on that. It. Oh, no, stop it. You haven't seen that. Well, I'm not very versed with it. I was. I saw it when I was young, <laughs> and it would be on like okay. cable TV. And I remember, I have like images from it in my head. But During that three-month period where you had HBO? Something like that. Actually, that's completely accurate. <laughs> They had the Roy Scheider Fest. Yeah. <laughs> in September. It was just before was like, like the whole like horror fest in October. Yeah. Halloween eighty eight. It's like <laughs> you know, two thousand and ten. It's just like two thousand and one. Just as good. Except there's no sharks. We, well. They never made three thousand and one. See, I say three thousand one, not thirty oh one. I mean, what's his nuts wrote 3,000 and where's that one? So that there's sharks in that one? Well, I would hope so. You got too conceptual. Or, or is this like... Well, some the whales were in 20... The whales were in 2010. They, the, they had to get the humpbacks to save Jupiter from exploding, right? Maybe. Wasn't that 2010? Maybe. 2010? But it's like there weren't any more humpbacks. And then there's a fetus... And I'm not sure how the, I mean, I know ostensibly how 
humping relates to a fetus, but where the whale comes in, it starts to get a little, little foggy for me. Yeah. I'm not sure how those things relate to yeah. each other. Jaws 2. Well. It's like, why do you make those things, right? Jaws 3. Well, Jaws 3D. Jaws 3D. Was it was the tagline of that this time it's personal? I think that one maybe even Jaws 4. No, that was Jaws 4. Jaws 4, this time it's personal. I have a lot to say about Jaws 4 and Jaws 3D for that matter. So Jaws 3D starred Lewis Gossett Jr. And so we talk a lot about... But Den- did it have Dennis Quaid in it? It had Dennis Quaid yeah. and Lewis Gossett Jr. Accurately. Yep. So we talked about... Um, so I saw, I've seen Interstellar three times in the theater. Just theater experiences in general. And Jaws 3D... That was a must-see in well, the theater. It was in 3D. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't, though. It wasn't a must-see in the theater. This is a different sort of very specific kind of theater experience. This is <laughs> the only time in my childhood... Which When did this movie come out? 80... Five or something. I was in, and this will completely. You can do the math and figure out how old I am. But I was oh boy in third grade when this movie was on HBO, and it was a new movie. I just looked it up. It gets three point five stars, which that's pretty impressive. That's pretty on generous. IMDb to get three point five stars. Um, and it came out in nineteen eighty three. So Interstellar holds the record for most times i've seen a movie in the theater which i have paid for i guess however you want to define that you know outside of just working at a theater and going in there at two o'clock in the morning and threading up a movie right three times it beat out batman starring michael keaton jaws 3d is possibly the only movie i've ever seen where we were just walking through the mall and we looked over and this is me, my brother, and my dad. We're just kind of walking through the mall. We looked over. There's Jaws 3D playing at the movies. Hey, do you want to go see it? Sure. And we just went in and saw it. We didn't plan it. Mm. We didn't wait for it. We just kind of let it happen. We gave ourselves a gift, Brad. We gave ourselves a present. We didn't plan for it. We didn't go there to see it. it. Like we just kind of walking like a around. nap in your office chair. A new shirt at the men's store? shirt at the <laughs> men's store? Or two piping hot cups of coffee? Yeah. Or Jaws 3D. Or Jaws 3D. The shittiest Jaws of all. It's it's shittier than 4? I don't think well, I've seen 4. You've seen 3D? I've seen 3D. I've seen Jaws 1, 2, and 3D. Jaws 4. Let me tell you about Jaws 4. So this stars... It's the revenge. It's got a tagline. It stars oh two point eight instead of three point five. Wow, I would not have expected that. So this is the shark's revenge. It, well, you know that's its There's genius. You're interpretations. Not, yeah, you could <laughs> interpret it either way you want to. Now Mario Van Peebles is in this movie. Uh, what's her name? Lorraine Gary and uh, Michael Caine. Although he doesn't. I'm looking at IMDb. It's Lorraine Gary. She was the original wife. In Jaws 1 and okay. ostensibly Jaws 2. Uh, Mary of Van Peebles, but boy, they don't even list Michael Caine on the first billing. 
I don't know how you could not do that. But anyway, it starts out in, you know, Massachusetts or wherever the fuck they are. It's the same town, and it's mm-hmm. Chief Brody. So they're his going son. back. Well, no, they're not going back. They're still there, but his son is working out on the water in a boat, and like a shark comes and chews his arm off and eats him up. And so, right off the uh, bat, what's her name? Right off the bat. And Mrs. Brody can't handle it. And she's like, I'm moving to <laughs> like fucking Hawaii or something. And the shark follows them to Hawaii. So it's the shark's revenge, but they ultimately get, <laughs> get revenge on the shark. But here's the. <laughs> well, what does the shark have to avenge at this point? He wants more Brody meat. You know, he it tastes real good. <laughs> so we saw this movie in the theater and Mario Van Peebles, his character was really cool. You know, we really liked him, but kind of like the original Jaws, uh, Hooper in the novel, Jaws, the novel written by Peter Benchley, Hooper's character dies. Like the shark just tears the shark cage to pieces and like gets in there and just like, you know, it's like the last thing Hooper saw was the eye rolling over white and the muffled, garbled sounds of screaming, which was his own, you know? It's like, ah, just eats him up. But they couldn't do that for the movie. They're like, well, you know, he's going to be a popular character. It's Richard Dreyfus. So they didn't, they had him escape and like pop back up weirdly. It's kind of a stupid move, if you ask right. me. It should have just been Chief Brody surviving that. But anyway, they changed that. And in Jaws 4, not that this is a fair comparison, but when we saw it in the theater, Mario Van Peebles suffered a similar fate to Hooper in the novel. He died. You know, the shark just ate him. And we were like, what? Ja- That's Jaws bullshit. Jaws the novel? Jaws the Revenge. I'm comparing it to Jaws the novel. So yeah, Jaws, Jaws the novel. Hooper dies. He gets. So eaten. you're saying Mario Van Peebles is the Hooper suffers a, a fate similar to Hooper in the novel. In the novel, right? In the movie, he suffers the fate that Hooper suffered in the novel. In the novel, correct? Right. So he doesn't right. pop back up. He doesn't. He gets eaten. Then he would he be just, suffering ah. the fate of Hooper in the movie. In the movie. Which wouldn't right. really be much of suffering a fate. He just kind of has the same fate. It just kind of slips away. Ooh, right. look at me. I think I got right. it all now. Well, Jaws the Revenge, Jaws 4, Mario Van Peebles gets eaten. In Jaws the original movie, Hooper doesn't get eaten. That's all. So Jaws 4 gets a little more cred in the people actually get eaten. Well, in, in the theater version it did. So we saw it in the theater, but... Apparently, we were such big Jaws fans that when it came out on VHS, we rented it, we popped that fucker in, and we watched it, and like, boop, Mario Van Peebles comes popping up at the end, like, and swims over to the boat with Michael Caine. It's like, wait, what the fuck? It's one of those. He didn't get eaten. Wait, he got eaten. What happened here? They filmed two endings to that shit, man. Yeah. And, like, audiences were so aghast that Mario Van Peebles got eaten that when they released it on VHS, they're like, well, we got to put that more palatable ending in there where Mario Van right. Peebles, he survives, goddammit. And he survived. And we were kind of like, 
I mean, I love the guy and all, and that was bullshit that he died, but this is actually worse. So did he survive or not survive? You know, this is a in the VHS version. Question. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but what actually happened? What there is? What is real, Brad? There is no real. You should, of all people, should be aware of this by now. Yes, there is nothing that's real. Even the moments that we're experiencing right now, they're not actually real, are they? I'm trying to paraphrase you. I'm not doing a good job of it. I was trying to throw it back in your face there oh, a little gotcha. bit. Who's to say? So these sons of Brody. Yeah. They caught, you know, shit from sharks in all three sequels. Well, it seems like. Jaws 3D? Did they? I thought Jaws 3D kind of existed in its own little world. See, I thought the same thing, but I brought up the IMDB page, and the the synopsis says, the sons of police chief Brody must protect civilians at a SeaWorld theme park. After a 35-foot shark becomes trapped in the park with them. Like, you it doesn't what? seem like that hard. <laughs> like, there's a shark in the park with us. Oh, no. Like, I mean. Kill it now. Or, you know, just don't go in the water. Stay away well, the- from the SeaWorld-like pool. I mean, maybe yeah, the, they- uh, you know, the whales might have some problems. I don't know. Yeah, but they have the, you know, the skier, the water skier pyramid girls. Right. You know, they have to keep performing. Also, they have the tube, the glass tube that goes through the yes. water. Yeah, I remember the. And you got to keep that too. open. You can't shut that down. Right. You know. Yeah. Also, <laughs> so like, there's no way this shark could like smash the tube apart and get at those people. There's no way that's going to happen, obviously. 35-foot shark. I remember this was a big part of my childhood because in the original Jaws, the only one that matters, Hooper is like, that's a 20-footer. And Quint goes, 25. 25-foot white shark? I mean, holy shit, a 20-foot shark would be, like, mind-boggling. And Quint's like, now he's been on the water his whole life, 50 years or whatever. And he's like, 25. So this was a big part of my childhood was original Jaws, 25 foot shark. Jaws 2, 30 foot shark. Jaws 3D, (gasps) what could it be? 35 foot shark. And when Jaws 4 came out, I'm like, it's going to be a 40 foot shark. (laughs) the stupidest thing was ever. it indeed why am a, i so stupid was jaws 4 indeed a 40 foot shark i don't know i'm too scared to check <laughs> it's like no it's I only just, 37 and a half feet in jaws 4 it. my whole world has blown up it's they not couldn't 40 quite make it 40 it was too unbelievable you just right you can't quite get away with a 40 foot white shark <laughs> The, uh, oh. the I think they just gave up on measuring it with yeah. Jaws the Revenge Jaws Four. It's just like point, it's it's, just, it's like, just really big. Screw it's it. It's huge. It's it's a four hundred foot shark. <laughs> that's where you get into that like mega shark versus giant octopus territory. Right. I mean that's the right. thing. The first Jaws is like a treasure of American cinema. I think it is. It's oh totally. Totally. But these sequels are really one, they're just one step removed, or perhaps they just totally are, right? They're just the, the, the mega shark versus giant octopus of their day. So terrible. 
horrible. It's like, so why? Like, they lend that name to that shit. Well, you know, Spielberg wasn't involved in any of that no. shit. The, the tagline for Jaws 3D. What is this? Jaws in Japan? 1.6? Nice, I have never seen nice. a 1.6 star Jaws, movie on IMDb. Jaws, Jaws in Japan. I gotta see that one. <laughs> I must watch it. That sounds pretty awesome. What year is that from? Now, this is more than a 40-foot shark because there's this sexy, ostensibly Japanese woman in a bikini, possibly not even wearing a bottom part. Well, maybe. But she, the whole, her whole, like, floating, her flotilla, her rafting flotilla is about to be engulfed by this shark mouth. This must be, like, seriously a 200-foot long and shark chief brody's distant japanese relative has to investigate the case <laughs> if only it were so if only it were so so the tagline for jaws 3d the third dimension is terror i will say and it says all new all new twice it says it on the poster next to the shark it says all new all new yeah they want to really drive home the fact this is an all-new movie well i guess maybe well, what, the whole point is actually they maybe it was they didn't want to uh get a you know let people down because maybe people think oh this is the original jaws but in 3d but with three to right it'll be right. awesome and then it's like no it's this thing about sea world where the shark smashes the glass tube well that was a branding issue i would think by calling it jaws 3d Right. It's like Jaws just 3, and then in parentheses, D. D. But just call it Jaws 3, D. and then somehow, like, separately market its three-dimensionality. Right. But at the same it time, been it's a, better a perfect tack. time to connect, you know, synergize those two facts. It's the third sequel, <laughs> and the movie has three dimensions. <laughs> Which is that why I'm me... dying for Crank 3D! <laughs> That makes me want to punch you. They've let me down. <laughs> anyway, Isn't there a Crank 3? No Crank 3. Mm. Snow Shark. Ancient Snow Beast. 2.1 stars. Even better than, um, what is it? Jaws in, <laughs> Jaws in Japan. Oh, beautiful girls are in danger, Brad. What are we going to do? What has happened? It's it's gone off the rails. Jaws in Japan is also known as Psycho Shark, apparently. See, I would prefer to watch a movie called Psycho Shark than Jaws in Japan. What about Jurassic Shark? 1.5 stars. <laughs> that takes the cake. That is now the lowest performing movie, star-wise, I've ever seen on IMTB. Jurassic Shark. I'm just going to keep going. You know, like sort no, them too... by rating. So these are the lowest rated shark movies on IMDb. No, I'm just I'm just cruising around. I'm just cruising around. It's like people who like this also like Jurassic Shark. One point five. Wow. Original Jaws eight point one. I wonder if between like the delta between original Jaws and Jaws two, if that's the largest difference that you have between an original and a sequel jaws 2 how many stars does that get i'm gonna say 5.2 i had to guess 
Wow. Surprisingly good. Although the cover of Jaws 2 is a woman water skiing with a giant shark, like, rearing its ugly head right behind her. Which, the water skiing event, I suppose, was featured in Jaws 2, but I know it was featured in Jaws 3D, wasn't it? Or or am I thinking of Jaws 2? You know, I'm not, I can't, I cannot say with a a level of confidence which one. I would imagine (laughs) Jaws 3D makes the most sense for that, to place that there. But uh, at the same time, when I see it in my mind, I see it much more like it's in the 70s. Like Jaws 2, I'm not sure what year that was from, but Um, it still feels like a 70s film. 78. It has the trappings of this movie from the 70s, whereas Jaws 3D was the transition of the Jaws franchise into the 80s. Right, the glorious 80s. 80s look, the colors. Totally. The the tropes, the trappings was all 80s. Jaws, yeah, Jaws 2 is still stuck in that 70s type of uh, look. So when I see those, the pyramid of those girls, I see them as 70s. Huh. But I could be wrong, you know. The you know we just, we discussed how the memory isn't very uh, accurate. It's not reliable. So what the about, lowest rated movie on IMDb is one point five apparently. Well, that's uh, what Jaws in Japan or that was rated one point five on IMDb, wasn't it? Didn't I just say that? I think you did. Well, what, what I'm wondering. Oh, Jaws in Japan was one point six. Damn it. See what what were you wondering? I'm looking at IMDb. Oh no, Jurassic Shark was 1.5. I'm sorry. Jurassic Shark. Okay. See, so IMDb, there's the I on IMDb list its bottom 100 movies. <laughs> but it these movies you're mentioning are not here. I feel like Well, there's probably oh, 100 why, or in order to appear in the bottom 100 titles chart, the title must have received at least 1500 votes. There you go. So these are you yeah. You can't have a small sample size. You just size. can't have a couple, like some movie only three people have seen actually get in here. Well, it's kind of like our rating for this podcast on iTunes. You can't have like four people rate it because right. it's just like my mom, your wife, and a listener, the listener, right. and one of our friends, and they're all going to... And, and, and then one objective... <laughs> listener who gave it one star right you know? i was gonna say who is the one star who who's well, ratting us out is it your mom maybe it's my wife <sighs> yeah it's that it's gotta be one know. or the other it's gotta be one or the other they're the only ones who couldn't own up to it and i don't blame them but so if you're listening to this go to itunes and rate us nobody's Give gonna us an do honest that rating why would they do that Please don't do that. No, please do. Don't listen to him. All right, you're right. Don't do it. Don't don't give us an honest rate. Just go there and give us four, not five, though. Just go there and give us four. Don't give us an honest rating. Go to iTunes and give us a four star rating. How about that? And write a little review, like, oh, they don't actually talk about this movie. Well, don't say that. Um, hmm. I've learned so much about Jaws (laughs) in this Lebowski podcast. It's awesome. I thought that I didn't tell I was being sarcastic. It actually, I I thought I didn't like Lindsay Lohan, but I was wrong. I actually hate her. Well, you two talking, you T 
two to me or whatever stole our thunder on that one, so fuck it. Uh, shark in Venice, Brad, 2.4 stars. Super Shark, 2.4 stars. Lost sh- Raiders of the Lost Shark, not yet released. Nice. We're waiting for it. Still waiting. It's been in snow shark for quite a while, I've heard. <laughs> snow Shark, Ancient Snow Beast, 2011. And of course, the ubiquitous Sharknado starring Tara Reid and Sharknado 2. I imagine those are, are rather... People are ravenous for those things. They love them. Oh my God. It... What? Number 54 on the IMD, IMDB bottom uh, charts. So does it have puppets in it? the fourth worst movie. Tell me it doesn't have puppets. It's called Titanic. The legend goes on. How can it go on? It's on the bottom of the ocean in two pieces. I will read you the synopsis. Cinderella meets her Prince Charming on the ill-fated Titanic. Along for the ride are a rapping dog, other talking animals, and an assortment of wacky humans. How can that possibly be the 54th worst movie ever on IMDb? It was. It seems to be an Italian film. Again, that... Just gives it more credibility. How can that possibly want to be one of the worst movies ever? It's not possible. I mean, that's worse than Jaws in Japan. Well, Jaws in Japan didn't get enough ratings to, to qualify, so the, the it's it's out true it's out on that. <sighs> you know Number what's 63, weird to me? Rotor. R period, O period, T period, O period, R period. Robotic <laughs> Officer of Tactical periods. Operation Research. A prototype robot intended for crime combat escapes from the development lab and goes on a killing rampage. Based on an original story idea by Colin Blaine. Who's that? I don't know. He's got to have the idea for this movie. But Lewis took it and turned it into a screenplay, apparently. I'm going to... Tell you something that surprised me. Alrighty. I did not know this, but so you have stated that one of your favorite working directors right now is. Do you remember who you said? Oh, I don't know geez, if you remember. Who did I say? I remember saying that comment. Yeah. And I agreed with you. He does like edgier seat, like thrilling shit. Can't look away. You know, it really kind of tears your heart out and, like, keeps you right there, like, pulse-pounding. Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Shit, Gravity. Yeah. Children of Men. Yes. You no, know? Great. Fucking amazing. Y tu mama también, yeah. which I've never seen, but whatever. Oh, it's Great good, expectations. Adam. It's really fucking good. Great expectations. Yes. That's a surprise. How does that fit in to his whole, like, you resume? If you I've seen it. Eyes on, but if you, I think you can put the put my Quran glasses on. I think you can kind of see how it's kind of his, but it's also I feel like like an early film by him, and he would probably was a combination of he didn't necessarily. I'm not sure what it was. Right, he didn't have the the strength of his convictions, perhaps. Oh, oh, um, okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, I didn't. I don't hate the movie or anything. It's not a bad movie. Not a bad movie. but like, I don't think it stands up to the rest of his. Sh- no, definitely, shit. definitely not, definitely not. Now you've seen Itumama Tambien. Yes, 
good shit. Yes. You like it a lot. I mean, that's what originally turned me on to him. I saw that film. I was like, that's a fucking good film. Huh. The description turns me off a little bit. Seems a little gross. I tried to watch, uh, what was it, uh, City of God or something? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why I'm talking about that. I guess, like, Mexican film, perhaps, or Brazilian, maybe? Is it Brazilian? It's something City of God. Western Hemisphere, yet north. Yeah, Rio. South it's of the Rio. United States. Rio de Janeiro. That's, isn't that Brazil? Yes. So, yeah. That is Brazil. But everybody's all, like freaking out about it. It gets 8.7 on IMDb. Almost nothing gets that. But I tried to watch it, but it was so... It was just so disturbing. Not in an Antichrist sort of way. Just... Yeah. Children. Like, anything... So this came out in 2002. I think I tried to watch it in, like, 05. And, like, once you have kids, it's just anything with children. Bad things happening to children. It's difficult to watch, and I just can't do it. And not that it's that terrible, it's, you know, I'm sure it's, it represents some degree of reality in certain areas of the world, but I just, I choose not to watch that, I guess. And I had to turn it off. I don't turn too many movies off, yeah. like... I don't think I, E2 Mama Tambien would fit into that Okay. Category. And this isn't, obviously, this is not Quaron. Who is this? Fernando Moreles Katia Lund. I don't even know who they are, but whatever. Yes. Well, I suggest maybe we start talking about Big Lebowski before right. I start. Okay. Don't give me an opening to talk about Lawnmower Man <laughs> 2 beyond cyberspace. I just, you know, Lawnmower, one, Lawnmower Man 1 was based on a Stephen King short story, which I could sort of understand, but how you could have a second one and wasn't... Uh, don't tell me Jeff Fahey was in that after the Thurston scenario, the Thurston I, I equivalent. Think they recast, recast it for the sequel. I believe. <sighs> okay, so it wasn't him; it was somebody else then. Yes, probably Patrick Bergen or some shit. Probably. All right. Well, let's just uh, maybe we'll play the movie before we start talking about Lebowski. Play the minute at least. Let's not do the it. whole thing. Let's not do that. That'd be too long. Yeah, just no, do it. Just play the whole movie. Go. All right, here we go. Car made it home? You're calling me at home. No, Walter, it did not look like Larry was about to crack. Well, that's your perception. You know, Walter, you're right. There is an unspoken message here. It's fuck you! Leave me the fuck alone! Yeah, I'll be in practice. Pin your diapers on Lebowski. Jackie Treehorn wants to see you. Jackie Treehorn knows which Lebowski you are, Lebowski. Jackie Treehorn wants to see the deadbeat Lebowski. You're not dealing with morons here. That was a minute of Lebowski (laughs) we just heard. Captain Literal. Yes. Strikes again. He put the chair up against the door, yet the door (laughs) opened outwards. You know what? I didn't even make a note about that. 
Sometimes you just lose, you know, you, you, you lose the forest for the trees. Well, I don't know if it's that. It's just, that's one of the most obvious jokes in the movie. Even the first time I watched this movie where I didn't particularly enjoy it, I thought that was pretty funny. He's so hyper-focused on, like, preventing anybody from doing further harm to him. And he's pounding this board in there. And he's got it measured out pretty good when he puts the chair and slides its feet up underneath the 2x4 that he's pounded into his floor. It fits nicely up underneath the doorknob. Like, perfect. It's very nice. So, like, yeah, the he, crazy he, thing is, like, he measured that. Like, he knew exactly where to put it. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, the, yeah, that that was exactly. He measured it right on. It wasn't all, like, well, it, I'm just saying, it wasn't, like, all willy-nilly. Like, he had the door closed. He put the chair up in there. He probably put it there and, like, I'm not going to say he used a pen or a pencil, but he probably just, like, used his fingernail and, like, like made a little vague impression on the floor where the 2x4 should go. Maybe put the 2x4 and then dragged his fingernail along the outside edge of the 2x4. You can kind of see it. And then, boom, he nailed it in there with his weird collared nails. And it was perfect. I'm just saying, like, he thought this out. But apparently he didn't think it out quite enough. Right. Because when the door opens, it falls out. But even upon first viewing, that's a that's a joke that you can appreciate and laugh at. It's kind of like in the 90s. Now, I watch I watch foot game football. Yes. Some people call it foot game football. Foot game, uh, okay. Sure. In the 90s, there was... I believe it was a Snickers commercial, and it highlighted the, you know, foibles of this end zone painter, this old dude who would, like, paint the logo, yeah. or the the name of the team in the end zone, mm-hmm. and he's missing the forest for the trees, he's focused on the trees, he's doing the detail work, detail work, and he's in Kansas City, and he gets finished with it, and he stands back to admire his work, and one of the foot foot game players comes up and says, oh, that looks great, that looks great, but who are the chefs? And, of course, the joke is that it's the chiefs, right? Right. But he's been so, like, hyper-focused on the details that he misses the bigger picture. Right. That's what this reminds me of. Yes. I mean, looking at this, so I'll say a couple things about it. First. Right. What do you got? It is kind of a laugh-out-loud moment, especially, like you said, when you first see it, and you might not even be liking the movie that much the first time. I feel this does not stand up to repeat viewings, though, this gag. This is one of the few things now I say that might actually kind of get on my nerves a little bit. Well, it's a gag. It's a gag. I think you nailed it. It's a gag. It's a gag, and it's like, why is there a gag in this movie? This movie's going so well, and then you just put a gag in it. It was one of these things that was just a little too... I mean, I think it works fine, and I'm sure the Coens making the film, right? Like, in their formulation of how it works, it, it works. It's just, they never were able to extrapolate out what happens after you've watched the movie 150 times, and it's still good. And I don't think that you should do that, and I don't think you, you should be focused on that as no. a filmmaker. Like, you should never expect anybody to watch your movie 150 times. I would agree. Maybe maybe four times. You know? Maybe. So, 
I mean, I gotta give him a pass on that. And it's because you gotta have some laugh out loud moments, right? Sure. No, yeah, no, I'll give them a pass on this. Although it's interesting because there is a, a this is the part of a second one two punch, I think, but it's a one two punch of kind of almost groaners in a way because this gag happens and it doesn't really stand up. And then the but it does stand up. I, I think you're being a little hard. It does stand up. Little, it's not terrible. It's not terrible, right? You're right. It's probably just it's one of the weaker moments, I think. And that's I just don't for know. me. That's just for Maybe. my money. That's for my dollar. What I would give it. But they but they build it up. They build it up so much that I don't know. And like so, he he has smoked half a joint, half a marijuana cigarette. They don't make it's very it's well. it's. It's there in the ashtray, and you can see it as he's, we may have mentioned this, he's pounding the nails in, and the camera is looking up at him, and they probably had a platform there so we could look up at his face, and the ashtray is like, it's kind of the like ashtray, right in the foreground. the viewpoint of the ashtray. It's, it's a, yes. We are inhabiting, an AOV. We are inhabiting the marijuana cigarette at that time. It's an ash of view. Shot. Right. I would agree. And he's got his marijuana cigarette in the ashtray, half smoked. He's like, I got to concentrate. I'm going to stub it out a little bit so I can pound these collared nails in here. And he probably forgot what the fuck he was doing, right? It's like, wait a minute. What am I doing? Oh, I got to pound a two by four in here to put a chair in. So I can forgive them, I guess, for that because he's stoned a bejesus. It's kind of a character moment. Not it's just, a character moment. It's a it's a little stoner joke, a little character moment. Right, it sure. is a little stoner joke. That's true. And well, part of it maybe, and I mentioned the one-two punch, is the second part is uh, another line that maybe I'm just not in a, I don't know, that I'm going to poo-poo on a little bit is the thugs and the blonde tree horn thug is like, we're not morons. You're not dealing with, right. You're not, you're not dealing not, with the morons here or whatever. Right? What is the line? You're not dealing with morons here. Yeah, you're not something. dealing with morons here, right? Which is another kind of like... Uh, it's too obvious for you. It's too obvious for me, yeah. I think we're being pretty harsh. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a harsh guy, though, sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've I just, done 70-some minutes now. What is this, the 75th minute we're looking at? And there was maybe two other times where I've pointed out something that was kind of weak. Well, so it was uh, minutes. Here, let me here. take another look. Right. When he gets his head dunked in the toilet. What was the other one? I'm not sure. I'm just giving myself some margin of error. <laughs> okay. But there was one. The toilet was was dunked in. I, I think there was another time, too. You don't like his smarmy little uh, one-liners, his James Bond-esque one-liners. I'd say I kind of turned around on them. I went into it thinking that way, but my mind, I think, has been changed. Because I've seen enough things where I've kind of accepted. I I can see that's actually consistent with the dude. Right. And I, I think we've mentioned this, but it's like, in the most dire circumstances, he can kind of keep his cool. But it's the little shit that drives him over the edge. Granted, he didn't keep his cool when the marmot was put in the tub. Well, that's by his Johnson, though. Well, there's a moment, right? It's like he doesn't keep his cool. It gets serious. He can keep his cool. Then it goes really serious, and he loses his cool again. It goes past a certain line. Yeah. There's a little peak. 
in his like coolness factor. Past this jumps. line, you do, and also Brad Marmot is not the preferred nomenclature. Ferret, please. Anyway? Did we talk I, about this you before? know, yeah, we did. It's a, it's a bulkier creature. It's a bulkier creature. Oh. This is a ferret, you know. Bulkier creature. <laughs> well, a marmot is more like a groundhog, right? Honestly, and uh, this thing that they have is a ferret. I mean, if you search, if you search marmot and go to images, you'll see it's more. Yeah, it's like prairie dog. I guess not ground. More like prairie dog thing mm-hmm. but if you search uh ferret this this thing's a ferret right yeah i just oh I nice marmot. marmot was a weird term marmot well it is and that's what makes it funny again makes it funny marmot. i guess not but that's not set mind you that's a whole no <laughs> oh, oh, oh. that's a whole different animal <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck what have we done here so, We've taken this whole podcast and fucked it up. What have we done? Fucked it up. Well, here, well, you fucked it up. You fucked it up. You fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? What were we even talking about? We're talking you fucked about me up I was this. being harsh. Where were some other points I was harsh? I didn't like his t- dunking his head in the water. Yada, yada, yada. For that. doesn't matter. I want to talk about... Um, <laughs> the tree horn thugs come in. You don't like this. The chair falls out. It's a cheap gag. There's a two for cheapness because they say we're not morons here, right? And I was talking about he had already smoked half the marijuana cigarette. A nice little bit of continuity is that they cut. So I have two things about this. This is a visual note now. It's the um, ashtray point of view. Plow, 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 plow. He's trying to drive these collared nails in, which I don't know what they'd be used for. And he's talking on the phone to Walter. No, I accept your apology, blah, blah, blah. Also, fuck you! And he gets all pissed off. Yeah, I'll be at practice. And then he's totally over it, like, two seconds later. Hangs the phone up. Cut to behind the dude. He picks the marijuana cigarette up out of the ashtray, stands up, and walks out of frame. Like, oh, okay, four yeah. seconds later, the door opens, the chair falls down, we cut back to the dude, he's got the marijuana cigarette in his mouth. Just a nice bit of continuity there. You can see him pick yeah, it up. No, that's true. And I mean, then I, you I, cut I, back, and it's like, you put it, he's got it in his mouth now. He's about to burn it up, because, like, he's get, giving himself a little present. He's congratulating himself on a job well done. He's about to, anyway. Yeah. He has fortified himself for the evening. <laughs> right. He's not going to lose his Johnson. Time to celebrate. (laughs) Whoops. And may I mention that this is one of these well-known things, which I have to admit I didn't know when we started doing this podcast, which, oh, two and a half years ago? That's something like that. Encouraging and extremely depressing all at the same time. The Treehorn Thugs. Switch shirts, but what I've seen. Oh, I mean, I, I, You're right. I have to think. Well, I'm not right, other people are right. I have to think that we would have noticed this, but people have said this. I've, I've seen these, I, I've seen it around. Like, we've noticed so many things independently that then 
I get these little updates about Lebowski. People send me shit all the time. And it's like, oh, yeah, knew that, saw that, saw that, saw that. But this is one of the ones early on, like in the first couple of months, where I saw like, oh, the second time we see the Treehorn Thugs, they've switched shirts. I'm like, ah, fuck you. So I try not to look at these things because I want to experience them independently. You want the you know? joy of discovering those things yourself. I want the joy of discovery. Is that too much to ask? That's interesting. They switch shirts. But what I've seen is that, or as far as I knew, when you saw them with the switch shirts, it was at Jackie Treehorn's Malibu house. Right. Which isn't actually in Malibu, but that's neither here nor there. But it's actually at the dude's uh, dwelling. It's right here in this minute. They come in. Yeah. They've switched shirts. They've switched shirts. So. The, the blonde treehorn thug is wearing the kind of like the cut, the sleeves cut off button down shirt. And the gray tank top is worn by the other guy. And I, well, his he has a name, Brad. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Does he? Woo. Woo. Right. Woo. Yes. Woo. Oh fuck, man! Woo, he's a per- woo's a person too. What about what about this? So I'm not sure how to. We talked about the Santana three fur, right? So the screaming guy comes out and smashes the dude's car, and Santana comes on. Boom! Cuts to black. Santana's playing. Cuts to the shot of the car, the dude, Donnie, Walter, driving in the car, the windshield is gone, Santana's playing, you get the idea that it's playing over the car stereo, Donnie and Walter eating the In-N-Out burgers, the dude is not, he's pissed, boom, cuts to the dude's apartment, he's pounding the collared nails in, fortifying his dwelling, Santana's playing. It changes. The EQ changes again so that you're led to believe again it's diegetic. It's in his apartment. But as you listen to Oye Komoba in the dude's apartment as he's pounding the nails and talking on the phone and then he hangs up, he comes over and like as he puts the chair underneath the door, the song comes to a conclusion. Boom, it ends. Which is nice. Right, but they backtime this song because Oye Komoba ends with this like crazy ass guitar solo by Carlos. If you like, you can go to Spotify and listen to it, and just listen to the last thirty forty seconds of the song. Like he's going nuts on his guitar, as only Carlos Santana can. Somehow he takes his guitar, the same guitar that I could hold in my hands and the same amp that I could manipulate, but he makes it sound Latin somehow, and which in a way I will never be able to do. And he's going nuts soloing and then ja, 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 huh, and it stops. But leading up to the ja, 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 huh, there's all the soloing, but in the movie it's just like, it's very like subdued shit that happens at like a minute 39 it's like the first i'm not very good at like music terminology but it's the first like transition into 
well, I don't know. It's the first transition piece. And then it just kind of goes on its merry little way. But the actual end of the song, like he's just tearing that song, a new asshole on his guitar. And then it's like, huh? They don't do that. So there's a, and I listened to this a bunch of times and I can't for the life of me, like hear the edit kudos to the sound editor because I know that they took the 139 transition piece and cut it into the final and I can't hear that edit. I'm usually pretty good at that and I can't hear it. Good job. They back-timed it perfectly so that he jams the chair up underneath the door. Boom, and the song ends. But it wouldn't have worked if it was like right. Carlos Santana soloing up. It would have been like too much build up. You would have been expecting something. Instead, it was more like a natural done. Oh, song's over. But Oya Como Va ends like in this very like there's a crescendo, you know, so that would have built it up too much. I think that would have built the scene up too much. I don't know. Am I overthinking that? No, I, don't I just think, think it's so. another I, mean, I think all the time you need to make the music fit appropriately in in the ways and in all kinds of ways, both subtle and um all right sometimes very, it's very in your obviously. face, yeah, yeah, but this is a this is a subtle little edit they did. They didn't want all that build up. they just wanted it to kind of end, and another thing is if the dude is listening to vinyl here, Oyakomoba is not the last track on the A side of that vinyl. But between the end of Oyakomaba, which happens at 74, 36, 43, 44, 5, 6, 7, 8, it just ends, you know? So we've got at least, we got 20 seconds worth of silence. Mm-hmm. So if he's playing a vinyl, like it would have well, transitioned maybe it's into the, maybe it's a, maybe it's like the single, or maybe it's a greatest hits, some sort of compilation. Maybe it's not even like a collection of Santana's greatest hits. It's like Latin American rock stars' greatest hits, or it's a, uh, or it's one of his famous mixes, the dude's favorite famous mixtapes. Um, you know what. You're right. That could very well be. I just figured since they were listening to it in the car, he was like, I got to listen to some Santana. And he would have put on like, he would have gone full Santana. Maybe it's on the only ship, Santana he owns. Could be. Now, you didn't grow up with smokers, did you? Grow as, up as a child. You mean like humans that smoke? Humans that smoke. No. So neither did I. I remember there was this one picture. You know how you have these photographs of your childhood? Mm -hmm. And they're kind of famous within your family. Yes. You just have these photographs. You know these photographs. I mean, don't don't get all excited. I can't help it. We're talking about old photos. (laughs) Well, you're going to, you know, start selling your own photographic book pretty soon. But eventually, well, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah, get working on that. But, you know, you've got the shoebox, there's pictures in it, and they're family photographs. And, you know, there's probably some pets in there, there's some ants that you don't know. 
Who's that? Well, that's your great-grandfather, so-and-so. Well, I don't... Who the fuck knows? There's lots of plaid, you know, plaid pants, plaid shirts. Everything's very sepia. Is that how you pronounce that? Sepia? How do you pronounce it? I say sepia. (laughs) Sepia. All right. Well... That's that's lovely. That's one of those words that I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say out loud. Yeah, you always got to be careful. You always got to be careful. Like, Buffon? Yeah. Baufond? Buffon. Buffon? But I've only ever heard that word spoken. I've never seen it written. We've talked about this before, but I, I just want to perform another E-X-P-E-R-I-M-E-N-T. Okay. Yes. The, this this is that e x p e r i m e n t. Okay, is it a okay. test to see if I can spell the word experiment? Yes. No, it's not. Have you I already passed, passed the test. You already passed experiment, not experiment. We're just rehashing old territory no, here. No but experiment. Ex- experiment. Educators, Brad. Educators, you watch for it. You will notice it. Educators. They like tend, experiments. They they tend towards an experiment. And I'm like, just stop. So this picture, this like famous picture, my dad's got I forget what he's got. Like a pipe. He's got a pipe. He's smoking a pipe. This man doesn't drink alcohol. He doesn't smoke. And there it is. Like one of the classic family pictures, and he's smoking a pipe. That's all. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Besides uh, Santana, Abraxas, uh, Abrahas, Oye Como Ba, not being the last song on the A-side. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has nothing to do with that. Okay. I don't know why I brought it up. W- were you about to offer some strange insight into... Uh the world of smokers that you may have gleaned for your father being a pipe smoker. No, not really. Not unless you want (laughs) to, or maybe he used to put his pipe in a beanbag ashtray. The beanbag ashtray. What was the point of the beanbag ashtray? This is something keeps it from. I asked. So my wife, her name is Leslie. Yeah. I won't say hi, Leslie, because she doesn't listen. God bless her. She knows better. She grew up with smokers. That's the whole point of the picture. We're a very goody-goody two-shoes Christian family, but there he was with a pipe. But Leslie's stepdad grew up smoking. I'm going to let you finish. I'm good. I'm good. Stop smoking, Brad. It's bad for you. All this talk of pipe smoking, it just got me kind of, uh, you know, craving. So this is something that (laughs) you would never know unless you were intimately familiar with the world of smokers. And that is that the dude's ashtray, the ashtray point of view Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we have here, it's a beanbag ashtray. Well, and she knows this because she grew up with this. Why? This was a part of her childhood. This is a beanbag ashtray. I sent you a picture in the little uh, what have you there. Yeah, I see the picture. 
So uh, the well, if you ask her, there is no maybe about it. Like she's very convinced. Like this is a bean. I know this. This is one of those things that I am intimately familiar with. It's this byproduct of the '60s and maybe early '70s, and they were just hanging around. And I think the point was they were supposed to go in your car. And okay. since the bottom was a beanbag, it could adjust to any surface, so it wouldn't slide around. Right. It would conform to whatever surface and, like, kind of lock in. Mm-hmm. And the dude has one of these relics where he keeps his marijuana cigarette. It's a beanbag ashtray, Brad. That's, uh, I would not have noticed that. I mean, it's, it's no. very subtle. You can't really see the, to me... It it just looked like it was just all one red hard. Surface. Me too, me too. And I was like, "How can you tell?" But if if you look really closely, and I had to grudgingly admit this, the pattern on the bottom of the ashtray, you can kind of see like a little um, not argyle, but like what do they call that? Plaid. The um, cr- yeah, plaid. I guess I guess it's plaid. There's a plaid pattern there. Yeah, no, no, it is. I'll give it. I'll. I'll I will not contest. It is indeed a beanbag ashtray. It's a beanbag ashtray, and even like the number of um, holders for the cigarette. If you go to that um, ashtray point of view shot, one, two, three. It's got the three holders, right? Well, I think most ashtrays would be designed that way. Well, not necessarily. Some of them have. Uh, wedges around the outside. Um, some just have a continuous line of indentations going across the middle. Could be as many as six or eight. But this is a very definitive, like, one, two, three dips. And there's one burned match in there, by the way. I guess that's a revisit, 7346. But he's lit it one time and then extinguish it. Although I think there'd be a lot more ashes in there. He's He's not one to, like, empty that out all the time lighting bread lighting nicely motivated at well everywhere from like 7400 to basically the ashtray point of view but when we we kind of raise up a little bit so we're a little higher off the ground you can see the light on the ceiling fan behind him and his shoulders are nicely rimmed in with a backlight that's perfectly rimming in the outline of his body, and that's nice motivation. The one thing that I'll say about that is, like, if you ask me to imagine where he had the encounter with the two cops who were asking him about his car in his okay, briefcase, yes. I can't imagine where that is happening right now because the lighting is, like, completely incongruous. I can't imagine the cop scenario happening with a lighting scenario like this. That doesn't match to me. Is it over, like, as we're looking up at him, is it over to the left? Is it over to the right? Where is it? It must be to the left. Definitely to the left. And that overhead like, light, he, he didn't have it on when the cops were there. I guess he needed more light to, like, pound these nails in. Right. His, his, it's his apartment like, is uncharacteristically well lit at this point. It's uncharacteristically well lit, yes, because he's like focusing on a very important task. Right. He has a minor he, construction pro- project. Right. It's like when I have to crawl under my desk at work, I turn on the godforsaken fluorescence. 
bam, I just turn them all just full on bright. I go under, I mess up with some wires and then turn them off again. Sometimes I love the bright light. Oh, like you're working on something like that it. and it's like fire up that light and you can see everything and you can do the thing you need to do. Okay, temporarily though. Yes, and then you turn it off. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sometimes, well, I'll find myself, I'm struggling and it's like, why is everything so hard? Ugh, and then it's like, you know what? Bring the lights up. And it's like, oh, okay. I can see. Such <laughs> Let a there relief. be light. Such a relief. <laughs> you play God, don't you? Um, somebody has to. <laughs> somebody has to. Wow. wow. So Shower curtain any, ring uh, guy. Eggs and water balloons yet? Why do you call me out? Any uh, water balloon? I'm just curious. And there's so I haven't done it. I haven't done it. Nah. Give me a break. All right. That's good. That's fine. I've I'm never too busy, followed like, up on a single thing from we've ever talked about. So No, I, you haven't. You I haven't. So give me a break. I am too busy losing, like, terribly every basketball game that I coach. Like, bad. Embarrassingly. I, I, I'm one of the worst basketball coaches that has ever graced the courts. Well, this is your first. This is your first girls. year coaching, though, right? <laughs> Fourteen and under. Yes. Well, you know, you got to cut yourself some slack. No, I don't. I don't have to cut myself well, any slack. Don't cut yourself slack, but don't lose heart. Well, it's kind of like Farhad Man. He should not be cutting himself any slack the, because Lawnmower Man too. Two Beyond Cyberspace sucked, I say, and he should just not do any more movies. I love that I knew who that was, even though I closed that window long ago, didn't have it up. How did you know it so quickly? I just did. I don't know. It's still fresh in my mind. Hey, you know what? He's done a lot of movies, actually. He's done a lot of shit since 1996. Stranger in My Home, VIP, Diagnosis Mert, a lot of TV series, tons of TV series. Um, okay, all TV series and TV movies. The Toy Man Killer. Oh, no, Fighting for Freedom. There's a movie. I wonder if Lawnmower Man 2 was a TV movie. Hey, Bruce Dern. Fighting for freedom. Bruce Dern. Nice. He's hot. 5.7. He's hot. That was 2013. See? See what I said there? 2013. 2013. You wouldn't say 2013. It's too many syllables. Okay, listen. Let's hear it. Just, we gotta, just let me, what does this mean? Talk to me about pigeons, please. Pigeons? Oh, well, we talked last week about... <laughs> the, the fuck? About uh, the, the, what we called the frogman, the strangled duck guy in mm-hmm. Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. And I found, and we were talking about what he was talking about. Well, I found the script online, and we can uh, put that in the show notes. But what? I found what that guy was talking about. He's talking about pigeons? He says, pigeons carry diseases and muss up the place. Surely you've seen it. Well, here it just says, you've seen it. I feel like he says, surely you've seen it. But that guy actually had a huge part originally. And they cut it down, huh? They cut it down, at least in the script. I don't know if they actually filmed uh, the duck guy, like, delivering this long monologue. But he goes on about pigeons and how he hates pigeons. And he goes and shoots pigeons and everything. Why is he smiling so much when he talks about that? I don't know. It's, it's, it's the, the Lynch's interpretation of the, 
the mood of this guy, I guess. Interesting. Well, he was seems to be very proud of it. Like he's proud. Like I'm the pigeon. Oh, he's very guy. proud. I'm the pigeon yeah. killer. His name is George. In the script. Well, wait. He kills pigeons though, too. Well, as opposed to what? Well, here, what you've written here is pigeons carry diseases and muss up the place. You've seen it. Plain filth. Yes. But there's more to it. Oh, there's much more to it. He talks about, uh, I, I was in the papers three years ago. I'm 76, was the only seven, was only 73 then. Had a business in Buffalo, New York called Rats with Wings. Killed pigeons. Time to shuffle off to Buffalo. Killed. Mm. And then Lula says, why were you killing pinges, mis- pigeons, Mr. Kovich? Were you in the extermination business? And George replies, no, ma'am. I was a house painter. <laughs> it goes on and Fucking on. There's a, lot of, there's a lot here. So there's a hashtag pages. damn fine coffee going around. Damn fine coffee? Yeah, I think it's that on Twitter. You seen that? Oh, I've seen that. Yes. Well, I think it's I've like, seen that. The- but I saw it. So we have these monitors in the lobby and they are just like, you know, it's the thing that they do, the Twitter feed of educators and shit. As I was walking into work, like, out of the corner of my eye, because I don't really look at them, but I caught, like, hashtag damn fine coffee, and as I looked over, it changed. But why on earth would an education Twitter feed have the hashtag damn fine coffee in it? Because everyone loves Twin Peaks, even educators. I guess. I guess. Is that it? And also... Why are John Roderick and David Reese in West Africa? Can you riddle me that, Riddler? I can't answer that. I do not follow... Well, I do not follow John Roderick. Together. Not only do I not follow David Reese, but I'm not even sure who that is. Well, (laughs) you weren't sure who he was until last week when I told you who he was. He sharpens pen... He artisanally sharpens pencil. pencil. Yes. Yep, yep. I just forgot his name. And get your war on. I, and going deep. Hard, man, I got him. I got him. But David, David Reese, Reese no, no, no good. They're in Africa together. Why? Why is that happening? Okay, end of the show. I got to revisit. Walter has a mayo mustache in the scene in the car, which we didn't talk about because earlier in the movie, the dude has a uh, Caucasian mustache from his white Russian, which he <laughs> sucks off. Walter's got a mayo mustache. Which he does not suck off. Just FYI. So if you were to describe a man, Brad, Mm. ready? This is another little pop quiz I'm going to give you, like John Seek used to do to you. If you were to describe a a man who had a mustache and you were going to say, it is a man, what would you say? Mustachioed? Mustachioed? Is that what you're? I'm not sure what you're looking. For. I guess, but why is it mustachioed? It's pistachio. Why is it mustachioed? It's just, all one of of the, it's just a bizarre word in English. I don't know why. What is that? Can't it just be mustached? He's a mustached man. It's mustachioed. mustachioed? They just changed the whole word. Mustachioed? Man, I oh that grinds my gears. I didn't have gears and it grinds them. Mustachioed. I fucking hate that. Why can't it just be mustached? Right? Why Why do they add extra shit into there? Mustachioed. 
I I don't know. Well, if you look it up in the dictionary, mustachio is a word, a noun, the plural of which is mustachios. Its meaning is a mustache. So we bastardized mustachio to be mustache because we were irritated that it had too many syllables. Mustache, two syllables. Mustachio, four syllables. We're going to cut it in half. Going to make it mustache. It says here mustachioed is used as an adjective often jocular. Having a mustache, especially when bushy or elaborately shaped. (laughs) (laughs) Elaborately shaped. I have a mustache now, you know. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. It's not elaborately shaped yet, though. You say the craziest shit. You don't have a mustache. I just saw you not that long ago. Well, I started growing it the two days after I saw you last. Just a mustache? Just a mustachio? No, it's a, everything. A beard? A body. So I, you're taking my influence, basically. Perhaps. Yes, I think I think that could be it. All right, all right, I'm into that. That's fine. It gives you a certain level of uh, gravitas, I think. I think it can. In my case, it I'm can. not sure if it does. We we'll we see. need to. You need to send a picture of this yeah. shit. I, I'm in an awkward transition phase, I think. It's always an awkward transition yeah. phase. Always. It's Don't feel bad about that. Probably true. It definitely looks a little strange in video chat. In video chat, it like it, it's all of the bad parts of it with none of the good parts. I feel like in person, it's a little different. Well, who do you video chat with? Well, I video chat with people all the time. Really? At work? Yeah. Hmm. I was in the, some video chats just today. You know, video chats. The dude would be FaceTiming with Walter in this day and age, probably on his iPhone. That could instead make of a really on the cool telephone. Uh, Apple iPhone commercial. If you could, like, CGI alter yeah. that scene that we just watched cool. to have them FaceTimed. And I wonder if that would, like, that probably serves to temper your emotions a little bit. If, like, you're looking at a human face so you can see the nuance of expression. It probably helps. Because right, the dude gets yeah. pretty worked up yeah. at Walter here. And I'm, fuck you! You know, he gets all, ah! And then, yeah, I'll be a practice. I mean, he gets over it, but he probably wouldn't get to that blowing point if he could see Walter's face. Because Walter's, you can tell he's pretty contrite. And he probably says, you can tell he says something along the lines of like, is it because your car got fu- <laughs> fucked up? No, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> well, yes, it does. Of course it does. It has to do with you fucking everything up all the time. Just get out of here. Why are you saying it has nothing to do with that? That's exactly what it has to do with. Because <sighs> you're an asshole, Walter. He was not about to crack. He was not about to crack. Okay, here's what I wrote down. Two more things. Two more things. I wrote down a potential Neil Armstrong-esque line flub. Okay. I saw you wrote that down, and I'm, I'm curious what that means. Well, it refers to 
We'll call him Wu because he has a name, Brad. Wu. And it starts at 7444, right when Wu, with the, the, his new shirt, his, you know, swapped out shirt, comes walking in the door. What is his line? You've probably watched it with your subtitles on, right? Right. What, is, what does it say that he says? Uh, I don't remember. It, Another quiz. Yeah. Something about, like, Jackie Tree. Oh, pin your diapers on, Lebowski. Is that what he... Pin your diapers on. Because I... If you would have asked me, I would have said, he should have said, put your diapers on, Lebowski. Right. But what it sounds like he says is, clean your diapers on. Pin pin your diapers on. That's what it says in the in the subtitles. Yeah, pin, pin your, your diapers. diapers on. Okay. What What is the thing that you write with that has ink in it? A pen. Some people say pin. Some people do. Some people say pawn. Pawn, pawn, pawn. Well, I don't know if people say pawn. Some of them do. Some of them mm. might say the thing you cook on, that you can, like, fry on on the top of a stove is a pawn. A frying pawn. <sighs> Hand me the fry pawn, they would say. Fry pawn. Cook top. <laughs> Run shoe. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Look screen. Don't get me started. Pits and pawns. Type pad. <sighs> Sound. I, I just, please, please don't. Some people say sond or sinned. I've heard that one too. Here's an unfortunate thing. Are you ready? Lay it on me. <sighs> I saved it till this far, far in, but this is the most significant note that I had. I've been really... You've been saving, saving it, it up. I've been last. saving it. Yeah, the best for last. So if you start, the dude gets all pissed off at Walter. We're looking up at him. That's your perception. Walter, blah, blah, blah. You're right. And he's like, fuck you. Yeah, I'll be at practice. And then we cut to behind the dude. He hangs the phone up, gets his marijuana cigarette. He stands up. We're looking at the door. It starts at like 7428. He puts the chair there, up underneath the door. It fits perfectly. He's done such a good job. He walks away. Boom. 74-42. The shot cuts. But it's... it's They match it pretty good. But you can see, like, they wait 14 seconds and it's one static shot. But they obviously did two takes and they tried to keep the camera absolutely still. But it moves a little bit right at the cut and after the cut it's only there for like a second and i'm like what happened in in that second in the original take that you couldn't keep it there for one more second you can see it it kind of moves i don't know if you see that or not i mean what i see is the like parallax changes like compared where woo is with the stuff on the wall and back no, it's before that. It's before Wu enters. It's it's just, just as the dude exits frame right. Oh, jeez. Look at that. Isn't that weird? It's, and it's like, well, what? It's what? like the dude um, bumps the camera as he walks by or something. I think they just cut. They did multiple takes. They tried to lock. Oh, maybe, maybe he, hmm. Well, I'm That's not interesting, sure isn't it? camera move it like. Like the camera, there, there's what a I jump. see on mine is the whole camera kind of like it just jolts. There's a and whole then it jolt. stabilizes again. But that could be like 
here's my point. You set the camera up. It's locked down on a tripod. You're not moving around for this shot. It's static. It's just looking mm-hmm. it, one. Now, wait. No, okay. It does. It does. Now it is. It does move around a little bit. So it is kind of fluid and it does tilt up a little bit. Hmm. Well, so it it's not when, locked when, down. Once the thugs walk in. So I, what I was going to say is like, well, no, it tilts up. As the dude goes off screen, it it's actually moving around. So it's not it's not a lockdown. In other words, the DP or the camera op is moving the camera around a little bit during the shot. I thought it was locked down, just totally right. static, with just that little um, pin registration, yeah, whatever no. thing going on. But it's not. They're actually moving the camera around. So maybe you're right. I, what I was going to say is that at the end of this shot, Something happened, like maybe a fly buzzed through the frame or like somebody came in or like they cut it too early and they had to like splice in a little bit from some other take and tried to match it as best they could. And there's a little boop. But I think your theory is better. Somebody like either the camera op like sneezed. Or somebody like hit it. Maybe the dude walked by, right? And there's a loose board in the floor, and it like boop, moved it. But there is a little like a jostle, which is unfortunate. Like they keep the shot for 14 seconds, and then right at the end of it, it's like, yep. But what are you gonna do? Like that's somebody that frosted somebody. Because that's the whole gag. It's their. It's ruining their gag. You know, you gotta stay there. You can't go cutting around. The whole thing is like it's this long, semi-static shot. Well, they and then the door opens the out. Shot, right? They thought they got it. So you think they didn't notice it till they got into the edit suite? They started putting it together. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's shot on video. You have to. Right. Run right. You'd have to be really be looking. <sighs> yeah, they were frosted. <laughs> They were really we frosted the there. And we're like, shit. Shit. But we're not going to go set that up again and reshoot for like one second worth. Yeah. Because there's a little shake. Although in this day and age, you could stabilize that and probably never notice it. Well, even with it in there, I didn't even notice it until just now you pointed it out. So. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, if you're going to have the stones to like flop a shot and have backwards writing, I guess you don't give a shit too much about a little shake one second before cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I after Sant- <laughs> after Santana ends, you can hear like traffic outside that comes in. I think that's my last, my last note. Unless you have anything. Oh, we didn't mention. I don't think we ever talked about it's been going around, you know, the seven things you probably didn't know about the big Lebowski. I don't know if you've seen that going around. It's the guy who does the movie things. Oh, here's some shit you didn't know. He did the Big Lebowski, finally. He must listen to our podcast, because most of them are things we've talked about. But I don't think we ever mentioned the X-Line, the Peter X-Line. No, we hadn't thing, actually mentioned Which him. was crazy. How much do we not mention? Right. But I, I say, we gotta save that for another episode. Alright, We should fine. put that in the front of an episode. Maybe put that in the Let's, front of next episode. Let's front load it. Front load we'll it. revisit that. Yeah. Or we could just save it for a more appropriate episode, which we'll, I can imagine, maybe. 
maybe not. Anyway, we'll revisit and we'll front load with that. Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay. All right. Fred. <sighs> Another joyous, joyous journey. Yes, a journey <laughs> strolling up, uh, up around the uh, poop deck. <laughs> Next time on Gutter Balls. Hello, dude. Thanks for coming. I'm Jackie Treehorn.